We're so glad that you've tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm David Curtis, and I'm the Worship and Discipleship Pastor here at our Rolling Hills Nolensville campus. Our message today is all about mission. We believe that God has brought us to where we are on purpose for a purpose, whether that's here in our neighborhoods and communities or to the ends of the earth. The time to reach out is now. Let's hear from Pastor Jeff. the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to everybody who's joining in online today. We are so grateful. Today we're continuing this series. We're this incredible series called Engage. And I love this series. We're talking about 40 days of spiritual growth, how we can grow and mature in this time to be deeper in our walk with the Lord and stronger in our faith and, and better in all of our relationships. That's what we're diving into because we said we live in this culture that just likes to sit back and watch, right? We live in a culture where it's just easy to sit back and watch and whether it's sporting events or concerts or, or whether you know it's Netflix or Disney Plus or whether it's just scrolling through social media and watching other people live, you know, we just kind of have this culture that likes to sit back and watch and sometimes that comes into our spiritual life. Sometimes we just kind of come in, we go, okay, well, everybody else is gonna do this, and yet God's going, no, 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 no. I've got a plan and a purpose for you. I want you to engage. I want you to reach your full potential in Christ. I want you to be the man or woman after God's heart. And there's something about when we engage for the glory of God that we grow deeper and stronger in our love for him and our love for one another. You, you know, it's football time, right, in Tennessee, and that's always exciting, the fall, this time of year, whether it's high school or college or pro, and, you know, when they come together as a team, right, and they got the playbook, and they study the playbook, and they have team building and brotherhood, but then they come and huddle up, but they don't stay in the huddle, right? I mean, at some point, the ref's like, blow the whistle, let's go, you know, get out, you know, and, and sometimes as Christ followers, as believers, we love the huddle. I mean, I love the huddle, right? I mean, these are my people. I love being together. I mean, the holy huddle is awesome, but there's a time that God says, you live it out, right? You be the hands and feet of Christ. You get involved. You engage. And when we do that, that's when we thrive, right? It's easy to kind of stay in the safety, but man, we watch as Christ is with us and Christ walks through us as we serve, as we live that out. And so we've been in this great series. We've been looking at these seven aspects of spiritual growth. We've talked about community. We've talked about discipleship. And last week we talked about ministry, and today we're talking about missions. How do we go how do we love? How do we serve? That's what we're gonna talk about today. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. We're gonna see the very words of Jesus. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app or you can go to Version and follow along with us. But Matthew, first book, New Testament. If you need a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. I'd love for you to grab one. Or if you've got a mobile device, access the scriptures there. Matthew chapter 25 
Now, Matthew 24 and 25 are known as the Olivet Discourse, okay? So this is Jesus, and he's teaching. This is like the second longest sermon that we have from Jesus in Matthew 24 and 25, the first, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But Jesus is being asked here in Matthew chapter 24, somebody comes up to him and starts asking about the end times. And he says, well, here's the signs of the end times. Here's what's gonna happen. People ask me often, do you think we're living in the end times? And I'm like, Man, we're closer than ever, I'll tell you that. I mean, just look around. I mean, you can see what's happening, but I believe Jesus is coming soon, and are we ready? And so Jesus ends this whole kind of teaching time with this incredible, incredible story right here, Matthew 25, pick up in verse 31. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Okay, what Jesus is talking about here is his second coming. Right, the first coming, Jesus came in humility. He came in grace, right? We saw Philippians chapter two last week. You know, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus came as a servant. He died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. Praise be to God, right? But when he comes the second time, he's coming in all of his power and all of his glory. Nobody's gonna miss him, right? That's what he's saying here. He's saying all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now Jesus is using terminology that they would have easily understood. A lot of these people were shepherds, right? They're agricultural society. And, and so when they would come down, they would let the, the sheep and the goats graze together in the pasture, but then they would come down this alley and there would be a shepherd there to point the goats to this pen and the sheep to this pen. They would separate them at night when they would stay together and sleep together. And so Jesus goes, here we go. The sheep go on the right, goats go on the left. Then the king, notice it's capitalized, that's Jesus, will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. That God's had a plan and a purpose. And God's sovereignty, right? He knew man was gonna sin. <laughs> he knew the grace of redemption would come through his son, Jesus, this is both the creation of the world. But then look at this. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And you look at these six things, right? It's like I was hungry, you know, feeding the hungry. Food ministry. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink and in clean drinking water. I was a stranger and you invited me in, the, the homeless and helping others. I was in need of clothes and clothes closets and I was sick, hospitals. You looked after me. I was in prison, prison ministry. And the wretches will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The righteous are like, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember you, Jesus, being in Need and me taking you into my home or me, you know, serving you a meal or me helping you out. I don't remember that. And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Wow. And what I want you to see is this is not works-based theology, right? This isn't like, hey, you gotta work to earn your salvation. It's because you are saved that we then serve. And when Jesus said, you guys Serve you serving me when you serve the least and the last, the lost. That's your call. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, 
You are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the very words of Jesus. This is near and dear to the heart of God. He said, it's great, man. You got learn and grow, but, but you live it out. You be the hands and feet of Christ. You take care of the people around you, the least, the last, the lost. That's our call, and that's missions. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. So if you've got a worship guide here, or if you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. But I want you to see this today. It's so important for all of us, especially for where we live. Hey, look at this. Number one, we are all called to missions. Notice this. We are all, everybody. I mean, that's like, you know, when you've accepted Christ, you're a Christ follower. If you're in elementary, you're middle school, high school, you're an adult, you're a senior adult. We are all called to missions. So he's talking here in Matthew 25. Matthew 26, you got the plot against Jesus. He's arrested He's crucified, then the resurrection comes. And after the resurrection, Jesus says to his disciples, here's what he says, last part of Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. And I'm sure they're going, yeah, we just saw you conquer death, right? I mean, you've got all authority, no doubt about it, right? Therefore, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And I'm sure the disciples are like, all nations? I mean, we just stay here in Jerusalem and go up to Galilee. I mean, what do you mean all? No, 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 no. All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I love that, man. We have almost baptism every week here at Rolling Hill. I mean, you're just seeing lives being changed, and it's awesome to watch that and, and, and seeing people baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Teach them everything I've Commanded you, listen, some of you have been walking with Jesus for a year, but you've learned a lot. You can share that with somebody. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for 50 years. <laughs> you've got a lot to share, a lot of wisdom. You go and teach, and then look, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. <laughs> Jesus is like, I am with you when you're living it out. We get worried a lot of times. We're like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna do it right. I don't know if I'm gonna say the right thing or do the right thing. I don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. Jesus go, you just be obedient when the Holy Spirit prompts you. You just love, right? That's my call. Hey, go means that we are called to engage. Therefore, go. That word go is a present participle in the text. If you go back and study at the end of Matthew chapter 20, it means while you're living your life. While you're going, you know, in your neighborhood. While you're going in your workplace. While you're going to the store. While you're going. Whatever you're doing, you go. You live life on mission, it's not just, hey, I'll go on a mission trip one time and then I'll come back and live however I want to. No, mission trips are important. I'm gonna talk about that. But, but it's for you every day. Every day you and I are living on mission. Hey, ministry is to the body and missions is to the world. So last week we talked about how ministry, you know, we're all called to be ministers. You have spiritual gifts. Every one of us has spiritual gifts and we're growing in all of those gifts. We're getting better in all of them, but there's some primary gifts that you have to serve the body of Christ, to build up God's church. But missions is for all of us, and it's to people everywhere. It's to people everywhere, it's to 
the world. The difference between social justice and missions is in the name of Jesus. You know, there's a lot of great relief organizations out there, right? Praise God. There's a lot of people who realize, hey, we're connected as a world. We need to help when people are in trouble. We need to jump in. But the fact is this, that, that ultimately every person's gonna die. We don't like to think about that, but it's true. So if we just feed people a meal, right, but don't tell them about Jesus, we can feed them for 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, but at some point, we've gotta meet the spiritual needs as well. And that's why the church, right, we meet physical needs and spiritual needs. You feed, you, you bring water, you, you go visit prisons, but we do it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hey, missions is not only for missionaries, but for all Christ followers. See, this is where it falls back into our culture, right? We're gonna sit back and watch people do that. He's like, no, it's you. It's you. You're the one. You're called to be a missionary in your household. You're called to be a missionary when you're work. You, know, you walk into your office, you're like, okay, you know, who's gonna love these people in the name of Jesus if not me? Uh, this is me. <laughs> How can I pray for the people, my coworkers? How can I love them? How can I share Christ? You're the missionary to your neighborhood, your apartment complex. And you're also a missionary to the world. It's a call for every one of us. Jesus is with you when you engage in missions. You know, the early church, right? The early church, after Jesus ascends into heaven and, and, and 10 days later, Pentecost happens and 3,000 people accept Christ. So the early church was a big church. I mean, it was a big church. You got 3,000 believers. But these guys just started living it out. And then persecution came against the church, right? If you know history and you, you remember the Romans started persecuting the church, trying to squelch this thing that was happening, but man, even the greatest Roman Empire could not stop what Jesus was doing through his church. And God's changing lives, the church is growing, you know, 3,000, Acts 5, 5,000, and just get 20,000, I mean, people's lives are being changed. Well, if you go back in history and study that, that there were two major plagues that happened during that Roman Empire time. And when the pagans would take their sick out of their home, out of their families, and, and they would just throw them on the streets because they didn't want to get sick, and they would just leave them out there. It was Christians who were coming and scooping them up and bringing them into their homes and nursing them back to health. And within a few hundred years, Constantine becomes the first Christian emperor of Rome because people go, wait a minute, there's something different there. These people are living it. I want that. Do you realize that it was Christ followers, Christians, who started the first hospitals? Christ follower Christians who started the first orphanages, Christians who started the first prison ministries and started the first soup kitchens and clothes closets and all of these things were done in the name of Jesus. It's God impacting and changing the world, bringing compassion, bringing love, bringing grace through his people and now it's us. <laughs> it's our time in history. Hey, look at this one. Jesus gives us the pattern for missions. In Acts chapter one, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, when does the Holy Spirit come on you? When you become a Christ follower, right? When you confess your sins, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. I'm yours. You're God, I'm not, right? And then God places his Holy Spirit in you. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead as the same power in you. God can do miracles through you for his glory. That's what God wants to do. And you're gonna receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses, right? We don't have to be his defense attorneys or argue people. No, 
We just share what God's doing in our lives. We share what's happening. And here's the pattern. In Jerusalem, that was their place they were living, that's where the early church was, and in all Judea and Samaria, the region, and to the ends of the earth. <laughs> all the way to the ends of the earth. So for us, right, this would be local missions. Our Jerusalem, Middle Tennessee, how can we minister right here? How do we serve right here? Uh, you know, last weekend there was the major floods that happened in Waverly. Uh, it was heartbreaking, I mean, just to, to see all the destruction. And we had a mission team that was down there this weekend uh, serving food and, and just making a difference to be in the hands and feet of Christ. When something happens in our community, that's where we are called to go. We're called to do that ongoing, right? When we see needs all around us. We have a mission initiative, we call it Do Good Local. <laughs> do Good Local. In fact, today we're gonna give everybody who's here a free t-shirt. So it's your t-shirt, it says Do Good Local. It's a reminder for us, man, this is our community. And as a church, we sponsor so many local organizations. Path Project, it's amazing, it's so great what God's doing. You know, 413 Strong, Shower Up, The Bridge Ministry, and the list goes on that we invest in locally. Our middle schoolers do a mission trip, local missions. And so all of us, we're hoping every community group will have a missions person and, and each semester doing mission projects all around. But for us to be the hands and feet of Christ right here, that's our Jerusalem. Hey, notice this, national missions. Our Judea, our Samaria, the United States. For us to serve, to pray for our country. You know, we need to be praying. You know, there's a hurricane headed up toward New Orleans. We have a lot of people here from Louisiana praying for the people there, praying for the churches there. We'll probably have a team that will go, I mean, depending if we're needed there. So all of us, you know, we'll do national mission trips. Uh, for spring break, we'll do a mission trip to Phoenix. We've got an intern, a former intern who's planning a church there. We've got a former intern in Atlanta planning a church in Atlanta. So we'll do a mission trip to, to Phoenix and a mission trip to Atlanta. Maybe you wanna go and serve. It's amazing but for us to impact our own country. And then, international missions. You know, to the ends of the earth. For us to go, you know, when Jesus said that to those disciples and they were thinking, we just go here and here. We, we've never been anywhere else. But for us, you guys, we're living in a day and a time where we could be anywhere in the world in 24 hours. I mean, we are living in a time when we can get places, we can go places, and, and through the internet, we can share Christ. I mean, through giving, we can impact the world, man, look, we started a ministry called Justice and Mercy International. And we started this ministry about 12 years ago to do greater work in Moldova with orphans and, and greater work in the Amazon with, with river people and the poorest of the poor. And, and God has just blessed and moved. And so many of us as a church, we're just seeing God do great things. And I want you to hear this morning from the executive director of Justice and Mercy International. Her name is Mary Catherine Hunt, and Mary Catherine is an amazing a woman of God. She's been at Rolling Hills since we started. So it's amazing, isn't it? 18 years ago. It is amazing. I can't believe so, it's been that long. <laughs> we had 15 people in a clubhouse, and you were there. And uh, how did God capture your heart, Mary Catherine, for the poor and the orphan and the forgotten? I think God really began to work in my heart and capture my heart when I actually went. So when I had the opportunity to go on mission trips, and all of a sudden, I was meeting people and they weren't just the poor, the orphan and the forgotten anymore. They were real people that I knew and that I loved. They were people like Pastor Cosme and Tanya and Tudor and Stella and Nikolai and all these kids and other people that I got to 
to know, and God just wrecked me. He, he did. Hey, tell us, because you had a really successful job, you were an executive, you know, here, a, a local company doing great, and then God called you to be the executive director of JMI. Tell us what is JMI, and why did you leave that job to come do this? Well, my heart was with what God was doing on the mission field, and I was in a Christian organization. I worked for Lifeway, and I loved it, and I know that I had an impact there, but I, it wasn't the same as going and seeing it firsthand. And in 2012, my dad passed away, and then another really dear friend of mine passed away, and I think God began to work in me, like, what do you want to do with the time that you have left? And so I'm like, if it's five days, if it's 20 years, I knew that I wanted to be doing this kind of mission work on the ground. And at that point, we were absorbing the work in the Amazon, and JMI was needing some extra leadership capacity, and so that's when you came to me, and I just felt like God was saying, go, and I just had to obey. Wow. And I'm glad I did, because it's the joy of my life. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Tell how many, like, so in Moldova and the Amazon, how many people are now working? So JMI, we started in 2008 as a church. It's a separate 501c3, and it is, we did it because we wanted to do more than just send mission teams a few times a year. So we wanted to have 365 days a year work happening. So right now we have 40, about 40 Moldovans that work for us in Moldova doing day in and day out work with the kids that we sponsor there. Um, we have over 700 kids sponsored. We're closing in on 800, actually. Um, and then in uh, the Amazon region of Brazil, we have about five Brazilians that work for us. So they, they make a day-by-day -day, uh, difference in the lives of the kids that we serve there. Tell us, how can we, like every one of us, uh, be involved in making a difference through JMI? Well, there's several ways. Um, we, we say you can pray, give, go, and sponsor. That's kind of the four ways that you can really partner with JMI. Um, our church already does a ton to support us and give us office space and tithe to us. But we need people like you to pray for us. Um, COVID has been devastating. It's been devastating here, but it's been really devastating in the places that we work in Brazil and in Moldova. So pray for us. Two, you can sponsor. We have a goal right now for our For the Kingdom campaign. We started with 70 kids. Now we've loaded that page with uh, 90. So, so far we've had 36 of those original 70 kids sponsored since last November. So we've had 34 kids that are still waiting. Um, you can scan the QR code that's in your worship guide or you can visit our table at, at the back um, when you leave and we can tell you more about how you can make a real substantial difference. You can make justice personal um, by sponsoring a child in Moldova. We have our our evening with uh, JMI Benefit Gala that's coming up on October 7th right here in this room. Um, that's a great way for you to come and just really learn more about what JMI is doing and hear the stories of God's faithfulness from this year. It will blow you away. And our international staff, our national directors, Lord willing, will be here so you can meet them in person. And then you can go. That's the other way that you can do it. You can do just like me, and God will change your life, I promise, and he'll make you a different person at home, too, after you've gone and had that experience. We have a Moldova mission trip coming up this Christmas. Uh, Laura Chapman's going to lead that, so we'd love for you to join that. And then um, Jeff is actually going to lead a team to the Amazon over spring break in March, be on our new boat there, so we'd love for you to be involved with that. And then just pray that all of our normal trips will be able to resume in 2022. Well, thanks for all you do. You're making an incredible difference, and we love serving God with you. Thank so you. Thank, thank you, you, church. Yeah. Uh, I just so appreciate her passion, and what God's doing through you, church, is amazing. Notice this. We can't do everything, but we can all do something.
You know, guys, there's, there's so many needs out there. I get it, right? And I, I, all of us are inundated with it. And that's where you pray. You say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to be involved, right? We can't do everything, but we can all do something. So the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Hey, look at this. What is God calling you to do? What's God calling you to do in missions? How's God calling you to serve? And we talk about these four things, right? Pray. We can all pray. A lot of times we're like, oh yeah, prayer, okay, whatever. No, 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 no. Prayer is powerful. I mean, Oswald Chambers says, prayer is not preparation for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work, you know? So when we start to pray, God, use me. God, open my eyes. God, work in the lives of the, our nation. God, work in the lives of the people around the world. Prayer matters, right? And so for us to pray. Second is to give. We have an opportunity to give. You know, as a church, we, we tithe on our tithe. When we give, we give back. We invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in Moldova and the Amazon to JMI in local ministry and local missions. And, and here's the deal, guys. We gotta think about this. We live in the wealthiest nation that has ever existed. And in Williamson County, we are in the seventh wealthiest county of the wealthiest nation that's ever existed in history, okay? And so a lot of times we think, well, I just need more money, I need more money. We don't ever stop to go, wait a minute, I'm in the 98th percentile of the wealthiest people in the world. I mean, half the world lives on less than $3 a day. And I don't think we have to feel guilty about that, but I think what we have to do is go, I've been blessed to be a blessing. I can't take any of this stuff with me, right? I can redo my house multiple times. I'm not taking it with me, right? I mean, at some point, it's gonna be the investment that I make. At some point, I'm gonna stand before God and say, hey, God, you know, here's what I did with what you gave me. And so for us, when we are blessed, then for us to give, it makes a difference. You are changing lives, and I don't want you to miss that. And then at some point, go. At some point, go. You know, we have that opportunity to go. We go on vacations, we do different things, but, but we can go to the least, the last, the lost. Uh, we took our, my oldest daughter to Moldova two years ago, and it changed her life, right? She's a senior in high school now, and she'll still say that was the pivotal point of her life because she saw the way the rest of the world lived, and she came back and said, I can't live that way here. I need to help people. I need to love people. I need to serve people. It is life-changing. And, and so for us to have our kids who who go at some point, right, whether it's local, national, international, it will change them. It'll give them a whole different perspective and it changes us. So go at some point and then look, sponsor. Hey, if you can do foster care, do foster care, please. If you can adopt, adopt. But we can all sponsor a child, right? We can all do that. It's like $40 a month. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, that's like one meal out, you know, even less. We have to have a whole family. I mean, it's like, we could eat at home one night and sponsor a kid. Lisa and I sponsor a child, multiple, in Moldova. My senior, she sponsored a child. Our freshman in high school, her and a friend sponsor a child, and they babysit and get the money. It makes a difference. In church, our, our prayer, my prayer for all of us is that we're sponsoring a child, every, every single family, because it's life change. It's life change, and we can all do that, and we can do it today even. Hey, look, every act done in the name of Jesus matters. It matters. Every act that you do, whatever you do for the least of these, it matters. You can make a difference. Hey, let's follow Jesus' call and engage in missions. Engage in missions. I remember when we started as a church, right? 18 years ago, and we had 15 people in an apartment clubhouse, and, 
And God called us, you know, and said, hey, it can't just be about you. It's not just you staying together as much as we love the 15 people. You gotta serve. And so we said, let's go do an international mission trip. We don't know how many people will go, but eight months later, 18 people went to Moldova. And we went to this orphanage, and I can't even begin to describe what it was like. I mean, it was an old communist campground outside of the city of Chisinau. I mean, orphans were sleeping two to a cot, you know, like backwards, forwards, the whole room. I mean, they were getting one meal a day. You know, it's like about 200 kids out there. They just were out. They had nothing and nobody. They got one pair of pants and one shirt and one pair of shoes for the entire year. And we walked in to that place, and we just fell in love with these kids. And we said, this is what God's called us to. And there was a kid who was six years old that I met that year on that first trip. And by God's grace, we've been able to watch this kid grow up. And I want you to hear a little bit of his story. Watch this. I wish I could say I had a good memory with my father, work, but I, I cannot do that. Everything I remember about him, he was being very, very mean. He was beating us up like every single weekend. And if my mom would wanna stop my father from beating us, would protect us, then my father would like hurt her very, 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 very hard. My parents were, were addicted to, to alcohol, and they always used to spend money on alcohol, not on us. They did not pay attention to us. Sometimes I remember I uh, had to find money by myself by gathering, like, uh, copper and selling it. I got fed, like, by doing this for a while. I remember, though, uh, one day we saw how um, our father took this big uh, stainless steel dustpan and hit our mother on the head. My mom was bleeding. My father told us that, kids, this is the last night I'm gonna be with you, and I'm leaving. Our father abandoned us that night. I went to the orphanage when I was six years old. I remember when I got into the orphanage, I feel like uh, much better than at home because nobody's physically abusing you there. The orphanage provided like food there every single like, a day, three meals a day. And uh, I felt much better and much safer at the orphanage. Uh, in the summers, we usually um, uh, had an opportunity to go to camp, and that was the first time I heard about God. I remember the leader of our team. We sat there, we listened to the Bible story. I have no idea what it was about, but what I do remember is that at the end, he mentioned that Jesus loves you, and this is the only reason that we came here. Without his love, we wouldn't be here. 
From my experience, like uh, being abused by my father, physically by my father, he explained us that Jesus is our Heavenly Father. He's gonna be the only Father that I'm gonna trust in, and um, I'm not for sure that I'm not gonna be like abused. I know that He wants the best for me, and more important, He loves me. That was like one of the most important things, like introduction to Jesus Christ. That was wonderful. Uh, being part of GMI was the best moment in my life. I've been in the Voice of Leaders hours for three years. I felt like I, I had a bigger family. I learned so many things in life that I was not able to learn them in the orphanage or even uh, when I was younger. GMI program uh, taught me how to be more responsible for yourself. They taught me how to be more confident. They teach you life skills. The best thing I've got out of GMI program was uh, the knowledge about Jesus. GMI uh, prepared me spiritually. In GMI, I learned how to pray. I learned that if uh, things sometimes don't go the way you want them to go, just trust in Jesus, like give these troubles or these bad moments to Him, because he, he can handle them. During the summer, we had the privilege to join American teams and going to camps, visiting children, um, hanging out with them, serving them, praying over them. And serving children is one of, one of my best things to do in life because their, their stories can be the same as mine. I want them to know that I, I care about them and I'm praying for them, I love them. But more important, I want them to know that Jesus loves them. I do see that God started to work in my life. I see His plan. I see that He's doing a great job. And all those things that happened to me, like bad things when I was in childhood, I really do not regret about them because I trust in God. This is His plan. This is this is His way. I'm gonna hold tightly to His hand and just let Him lead me wherever He wants me to. And I just want to let Him transform me in the man He wants me to be. Praise God. And that's you, church. Making a difference and changing lives around the world. I remember a few years ago, Ely said, uh, when you guys came and, and you just were there with us and you prayed with us and, and then you guys told us that you believed in us. And that was the first time I ever heard somebody say that they believed in me. That God had a plan for me. And I just want you to know God's using you. And for us to live that way, open-handed to God, God, here I am, use me. And Father, what do you wanna do locally, nationally, internationally, Father, for your glory? Then God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. This is when your spiritual life comes alive. When you just surrender all to him. Maybe today is the day of salvation. You just go, Jesus, I've been living my life for me. And I wanna live my life for you. Become the savior of my life, redeem me. Or maybe he is the savior of your life, but he's not the Lord of your life, right? Today, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Whatever, God, I wanna live. Whatever days I have left on this earth, God, I wanna invest in the things that matter. God, use me. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment.
I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your heart or your life. But I know this, God loves you. And God has an incredible plan and purpose for your life. And guys, I want to tell you, it starts at home. Loving your spouse, your children, your roommates, man, putting them before yourself. And then the people around you, work, at school, and the places you go, praying for our nation. And then God, what can I do to make a difference? Are you calling me to go? Are you calling me to sponsor? God, what do you call me to do? God, I'm yours. And so, Father God, here we are, your disciples today. Peter, James, John, Matthew, those guys had their day. But God, this is our day. And I pray you would find us faithful. But don't just let us sit back and watch. God, let us engage. Let's grow deeper in our walk with you, more in love with you. And let us serve the least, the last, the lost. God, what could you do through all of us together to make a difference in the world today? So come, Lord Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.